welcome to the Diversity Gap Academy, where good intentions meet true cultural change. My name is Bethany Wilkinson, and I am your host. Hi, friends. Okay, true confessions time. Today's podcast almost did not happen. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week were filled with anticipation and productivity. I was excited about the inauguration. I had a keynote that I was leading, some conversations I was facilitating. So I was really focused. I was creative and engaged. And then I woke up today, which is Thursday, the day before this comes out, because it comes up on Friday, the day you're listening to it. But I woke up on Thursday today and was so distracted and a little irritable, if I'm honest. And I don't know about you, but I find that if I have three really strong work days in a row, I need a day or two to recover. My speeds for productivity are either super fast and focused, like I can work, you know, eight, 10, you know, 12 hour days if it's a good day. Um, And I'm very, very focused. But then my off days are very, very slow. I'm pretty grumpy. I just want to sleep and eat ice cream and watch TV. And so I'm learning in the midst of all of this that my worth is not tied to how much I produce. And rather than trying to force myself to create, create, create all the time, it's important that I just listen to my body and take a nap, clear my calendar and reset. So that's what I did. I pushed some meetings, ate a really great lunch, and then took a nap. And then my tank was full enough to record this episode for all of you. So I'm grateful to be here, especially because I almost didn't make it. Um, Okay, so we are still in our series on organizational culture. And the topic for today is on cultural values that we think are quote unquote normal or quote unquote standard but are actually very informed by our racial, ethnic, cultural identities, or even just our personal preferences. So let me break this down for you a little bit. And um, this isn't as like neat and orderly as some of my other thoughts are, but this is a tension I see and have experienced so often. And I just think it's important for us to talk about. So here's what I mean. I was working with a client last year, and one of their stated values was related to being harmonious and keeping the peace. Now, the idea here is actually really great. It's beautiful even. If we have a standard for being peaceable in our interactions with clients and with one another, then it sets a standard for what is acceptable and what is not acceptable related to conflict, communication, confrontation, these sorts of things. Now, this value didn't exist in a vacuum. There were other practices and policies for giving and receiving feedback, for addressing conflict when necessary. Um, it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're going to be peaceable people, and that's the, the rule of the day. There were accompanying details that really animated this for this team. My challenge, however, to this client was to consider a couple of things. The first consideration, and it's really a question, was how might a value for being peaceable impede their ability to have a direct conversation about difficult topics. So if we have this value for keeping the peace and staying harmonious, then when someone needs to directly name or address racism or really any other oppressive reality or just frustrating situation, then by nature, they are stepping outside of the organization's values, which then creates discomfort for everyone. Um, This person by, you know, 
raising attention to something, bringing attention to something, they're causing a disruption that is likely to be poorly received in a culture that values keeping the peace. The second consideration was this. How might the call to be peaceable or peaceful or harmonious be interpreted by different ethnic groups? Again, here's what I mean. In my ethnic culture, we largely value direct communication, direct confrontation, and expressiveness, lively expressiveness about frustrations or setbacks. So for me to join a team where a very high value is placed on keeping the peace or on being harmonious, not only do I have to conform to another ethnic group's standard, but the organization misses out on the positive aspects of my cultural contribution. So what am I saying here? You have to take some time to evaluate your organization's values and to do an audit to explore how your values might be creating a culture of exclusion or how your values might inherently be preventing you from having conversations about really difficult topics. This doesn't mean you have to scrap these values. It doesn't mean, hey, don't have harmony or peace be a value. That's a great value. Just bring a level of awareness to that value so that you can think about how it might be shaping the culture on your team and how it may be excluding people who come from a different racial or ethnic background than you. Um, It's just really good to be aware of how that value is actually operating in your space and environment. Another way I've seen this play out is in employee performance evaluations. Some employers will have standards that are 100% based on personal cultural preferences. And then those personal cultural preferences become the measuring stick for everyone who works in the company. And, um, and yeah, so it's like this thing that's actually really personal becomes the standard that's applied to everyone. For example, you might want to evaluate how enthusiastic a person is about their job. But here's my question. How do you measure enthusiasm? Do you measure it by people being bright and chipper during staff meetings? Are you measuring it by how chatty people are in the break room or the hallways? Are you measuring enthusiasm by how frequently they smile at their coworkers or laugh at people's jokes? All of these standards are actually pretty arbitrary, and they're informed by our personal and family cultures, not necessarily by some actual standard. You can't measure enthusiasm. You can guess, but you can't measure it because it's an internal experience. I must say, as a bit of a side note, one of the most exhausting things I've experienced as a black woman working on majority white teams is feeling this constant pressure to laugh at jokes that are not funny to me. Seriously, it's like this unspoken pressure to laugh and to smile, to banter about things that I don't know about or don't care about. It's exhausting. And I know, like, maybe you could say, Bethany, well, how about you just not do that? That's fair. I I understand that. I have a high value for being liked and approved of, though. So <laughs> it's one of those values that's unstated often, but it's largely driving my work. I just want to be liked. Um, but anyway, like this unspoken pressure to laugh and smile. Um, I don't know. I was just afraid, especially back in the day, that if I didn't laugh or engage, that it would become this whole thing about what's wrong with Bethany and is she offended and et cetera, et cetera. When really, I just don't think the jokes are funny or I don't like sports, so I don't get the references. And my family can't afford to jet off to a beachy island place every year or every few months. So those stories are hard for me to connect to. It's really just that simple. 
But when my lack of engagement is perceived as a lack of enthusiasm for my work in a performance evaluation, it has real consequences. I could miss out on a raise, be overlooked for a promotion, or lose my job altogether. So it might seem like a small thing wanting your employees to be enthusiastic about your work. Of course you want your employees to be committed to your work. But it has huge implications for who can be themselves and bring their best energy to that job and who can't. If I'm spending half of my emotional energy having to laugh at jokes I don't think are funny, then that's less emotional energy I have to bring to the creative, client-facing, customer-facing work that you hired me to do. So for you, who's the listeners, um, for you if you're leading a team, creating a culture, what's the action item here? The action item is to check your performance evaluations and make sure you are evaluating people based on their actual work product, not their perceived mood or attitude about the job. If you're evaluating someone who's from a different racial, ethnic, or cultural background than you, then you have to work extra hard to make sure you're reading your employees' behavior accurately. And I must say, and this is biased because I value direct communication, rather than assuming anything about how your, experience, how your employees are experiencing your company, you could also just ask them directly. Don't assume because you don't know what people are feeling, what they're experiencing, what they're navigating. You can't know unless you ask. Um, so just double check your performance evaluations. Make sure you're evaluating people based on their actual work deliverables, not by these less... I don't know, these, um, I guess these more arbitrary things. Um, I once had a supervisor who, during a performance evaluation, told me I needed to be more trusting of the leadership of our organization. And at the time, it was, um, it was a while ago, and I was a bit younger, and I was actually very trusting. So I believed what they said and did my part to you know, perform trust, whatever that means. But I realized over the years reflecting on that experience that this supervisor's challenge to me to be more trusting was actually, I think, inappropriate. A, it had nothing to do with my work product. If this was about my work product, they could have said, hey, Bethany, your inability to trust the leadership of our organization is really leading to negative outcomes in your work. Let's talk about this. If they'd said that, it would have been way more constructive. But that's not what they said. They just told me I needed to be more trusting. I thought it was weird. I still do. But my point is this. When you're doing employee, um, when you're doing employee evaluations, do your best to A, not project your insecurities onto your employees, and B, to again, I've said this 10 times already, tie things back to actual work performance rather than staying in the realm of assumptions based on cultural biases and preferences. All right, I've already said more than I intended to. Um, I have a big weekend coming up. Um, I'm celebrating my husband's birthday, and I have a lot of baking to do. So I am going to just leave these ideas here. Um, But if this conversation about values as norms, values as cultural preferences, and employee evaluations is interesting to you, I'd love to hear from you. Seriously, join us on Patreon or send me an email. The link is in the show notes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because, again, it's one of those things that I haven't necessarily read a book on. I've just kind of lived it, and I've been paying attention to my life and my experience. And so I'd love to hear your experience of dealing with employee evaluations and um, and of navigating these these values that are pretty exclusive and um, and I don't know, just that are just difficult to navigate. So if this is something that's interesting to you, I would love to hear your thoughts. 
Also, and this is for the patrons out there, um, next week on January 29th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going live online with my good friend, Kiani Igwe. Kiani is an educator, an activist, a grad student, and a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, she is deeply committed to the liberation of black children through really any means necessary, be them educational, political, or theological. I learn so much from her. So if you are looking for a rich conversation about race, liberation for black children, how white supremacy shows up in our organizations, you don't want to miss this. So we're going to go live on Patreon. This is a patron exclusive um, opportunity and we're making it available to all patrons. So even if you if you join at $10 a month, you're invited. $10 a month, $25 a month, or $50 a month, you're invited to join us live next Friday, January 29th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, friends, that is all I've got for today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, um, and I will catch you here next week. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Diversity Gap Academy. To support the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review. To learn more about the Academy, visit www.thediversitygapacademy.com. And until next time, may your good intentions for diversity lead